When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk or anywhere you get your podcasts. Today, we're diving into a, a long week of return, a hopeful change for the Pittsburgh Steelers and what could be their last opportunity to make meaningful change at the quarterback position this week. Plus a weird TikTok that I found at about 10 o'clock last night and some Pro Bowl changes that I'm kind of excited for. But first, it's a little uh, it's a little eerie today. We have fall in the air, Halloween right around the corner. We're at the end of September. I'm feeling good. How I feel, my friend? Feeling very good. Um, yeah, feels like feels like fall out there. Um yeah, I, I agree. It does feel a little eerie. It feels uh feels like there's a little bit of a heightened sense of urgency. Almost like, you know, once the weather turns, then it feels like things start to get really serious. So, um, yeah, I, I would agree with that assessment. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice. I love October is the best. You know what I mean? You, oh, yeah. October, you're getting into meaningful college football. You're getting into you pretty much know what's going on in the NFL. So you could stop losing bets. And on top of that, you could kind of get a little excitement going for whether or not your team needs to be good or improve, whatever. Mm-hmm. Penn season's right around the corner. If you follow baseball, it's here. You follow baseball, so that's you know important to you. The Pirates, eh, it is what it is, but it's a good time of year. And on top of that, Halloween's amazing. I just bought mm-hmm. some Halloween themed soup. I got or uh, not soup, uh, soap. I got pumpkins all over my house. It's a great time. It's oh, a great wow. time of year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, that took about twenty seconds. The second that the temperature <laughs> dropped below seventy degrees one time, yeah. Beyonce had the whole house covered in pumpkins. We had a fall party the other day. It was it was fun. You know, it's, yeah. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Orange everywhere. I'm covered in orange constantly. It's a good time. All right. Let's start the show. The Steelers, or not the Steelers, the NFL has officially announced they've made some changes to the Pro Bowl. I think that's a little interesting. Obviously, something everybody wants to hear. Instead of their normal game, it's a flag football game at the end of the week. All week long, it's going to be a series of little events, games, whatever. Um, a change I believe needed to happen. Are you excited to hear the news? Yeah, I wouldn't say excited. Um, nothing about the Pro Bowl gets me excited. Um, <laughs> but it I don't know, it's good. I'm pro player safety and all that. Um, it seemed like it's what the players wanted to. You know, like for as much as for as little as I, you know, I wasn't particularly excited. I'm never I never get excited about the Pro Bowl. 
doesn't seem like the players really do either. Um, I think they like hang out with one another, like especially at the end of a long season. Um, but yeah, no one really seems to take like a huge interest in the game. So, you know, it, it seemed like a lot of effort to put on a full contact football game, especially when none of the players actually really cared that much. Um, yes. So, yeah, this is good. This is good. Um, I think the biggest thing, uh, and this was mentioned in um, whatever release the NFL uh, put out, forget who said it, but the the real big part, I think, is like the taking off the helmets portion of this. Um, just as far as getting fans to like, you know, putting a, a face to the name for all these fans who, you know, may or may not know these players um, and who may not be able to like recognize them without, you know, their jerseys on or their numbers on their backs. That's like, I think that's cool, and I think that's good, um, and I think that's something the NFL needed to do, and I think that's that's good for everyone involved. So, Yeah, 100%. You get that play recognition. The, the NFL is very good at that. I will say that. They are very good at putting a face to a name. You know, like baseball somewhat struggles with that. A lot a lot of these sports do. You know, nobody does it better than basketball, but football, football is good at putting a face to a name, building that reputation. Um, I agree with you. You know, when was the last time you watched a Pro Bowl? I don't think I've watched Pro Bowl in years. Yeah, no, I I cannot remember the last time I watched the Pro Bowl. No. I've watched I I like see the highlights from it all the time, but yeah, no, I don't no. I don't watch it live. Yeah, no, especially because it inter- intervenes with the the East West Shrine Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, much rather watch that than the Pro Bowl. Uh, the Senior Bowl is that week. Much rather be at the Senior Bowl than the Pro Bowl. Even when the Steelers are there, I'm just like this is this is pointless. You know, dodgeball is fun. I like watching dodgeball, so I agree. I think it'll be. It'll be fun, especially – and it's Omaha Productions. I like that because I think Peyton Manning, somebody that's actually been in the game, will have a better input of how to make it better than mm-hmm. what we've been dealing with, which is just mm-hmm. a really boring football game. you know. And, and I, I agree with the player safety thing because I, I would love to go back to the day where Sean Taylor is just laying out punters, but we can't do that. You know, that's – Yeah, if you want to if you want to preserve a high quality of football, you – Quite honestly, you have to play less football. So yes, exactly, exactly. In a meaningless game, you know, like a game where guys are just ready to go into the off season, ready to heal their body. You know, it's been a long season. Nobody's out there like, man, I can't wait to just get hit constantly yeah. by the best players in in the league right. all day long. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree with that one. And all right, Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's talk a little uh, Steelers football here. The biggest, the biggest storyline, the only storyline anybody cares about is the quarterback, the offensive coordinator. We've come to the conclusion we don't believe anything's going to change when it comes to the OC and Matt Canada. However, even if Mike Tomlin has said it's a definitive no coming off of the loss to, to Cleveland, that there will be a change at quarterback this week. He took the weekend. It is now Monday. He'll talk tomorrow at noon. Do you think there is any chance that uh, that that opinion changes, even if it's not a we will definitely make a change? Do you think it is still a definitive no from Mike Tomlin heading into the week of the New York Jets? Well, yeah, I mean, if, if you were going to make a change, this would be the week that you were going to do it. Um, but it also feels like the kind of thing where if they were going to make a change, they would have known after the game last week. Knowing whether Tomlin would have said that to you or not. But I think the fact – I don't know. I, I For some reason, I, I feel like I'm taking him at his word when he says that it's a definitive no. Um, I think they've had a plan for Kenny all along to bring him along slowly um, and – I think I don't think the fact that they've started one and two changes that really, um, and especially because they lost two 
fairly competitive games. Um, you know, these are like you could argue the pay. They, you could argue they should be two and one. Um, and this is also coming off of their best offensive showing of the year. I would argue. Um, yeah. I thought that, you know, it was kind of limited to the first half, but it was the first half in which they were creative. They pushed the ball down the field. They scored fourteen points. That it was a good. It was a good at least first half. They got you know they got stonewalled in the second, but. Um, yeah, it, it would feel like a really weird time to make a change um, coming off of that kind of game. Um, so I, I think it's still – I'm taking Tomlin at his word when he does say definitively no. So I I, I agree with you in the, the – I want to take Mike Tomlin at his word because I don't think that Tomlin's going to come in here on Tuesday and say, oh, it's an open competition now, blah, 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 blah. But I think possibly – Kenny just takes a little bit more reps and see what what happens. The the Stonewall in the second half is con, is more concerning than if they were terrible all game to me because the way I looked at it is they came out here with a plan to make change. That change worked, but they didn't have any way to adjust going into halftime and the Cleveland Browns adjusted and therefore stalled them in the second half. I also look at it like in the second half the first half, Mitch Trubisky was making plays, but there was no pressure for him to make plays. The second half, it was the Steelers' offense needs to find a way to actually win this game. They were unable to do so. They were unable to do anything, let alone try to win this game. So I, I think it concerned me more because I liked the, the the adjustments. I did. I liked the adjustments going into the game when it comes to the offense. But you saw that if you're a defense and you're capable of making adjustments at halftime, the Steelers can't Steelers can't win over you. You could beat the Steelers every single time. So to me, that needs to change, or Mitch Trubisky needs to change. This is, in my opinion, the last week that could ha- happen. Because you can't do that going into Buffalo. You can't say, Kenny Pickett, go ahead. Your first four regular season games of your career are going to be against Buffalo. Uh, it, it's, it's Buffalo. Tampa, I'm pretty Tampa, sure. Tampa, Miami, Philadelphia before the mm-hmm. bye. Could you imagine saying, hey, you have to go play the best defense in football, possibly the best team in football. I get that they just lost the other day, but possibly the best team in football. The greatest quarterback of all time is across from you. At, and I get it's at home, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are no joke. The Miami Dolphins, which just who just beat the best team in football, and mm-hmm. the Philadelphia Eagles, who might be the second best team in football. And then you get a break and we'll evaluate you then. You, you can't do that. And I'm not saying that's a, a better way to say, oh, there's your second, third, fourth, and fifth games. But at least, you know, you walk into this and say, you get to play the Jets at home, warm up to things, see what's going on. I, I just think this is the last opportunity before you're the Steelers and you're going, all right, well, we're just giving up now. Yeah. Oh, no, I completely agree. Um, yeah, if it doesn't happen this week, I it's hard to see it happening at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, maybe you make a change at the bye week, but like, are you waiting that that long to the bye week? You could be one and eight at the bye week. Yeah. But I think you also got to think about like, so your point about the stonewalling in the second half, that's more concerning. Like you got to think about what our expectations were for the Steelers offense coming into training camp. I feel like we, and this happens to this happens in a lot of cases. This is not like specific to this team in this year, but we knew this offense was going to be bad going into year. Like I, I feel like people are watching Mitch Trubisky in action and watching the offense in action and being shocked all over again that they are not making plays and that they are 
playing poorly, like and not scoring points. But this is what we knew they were. Um, so I, I, that's why I took any improvement to be, uh, you know, it's it's baby steps. I think with this offense, um, I, mean, I, I, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know. That that wasn't as concerning to me, but uh, so I to to that to kind of go from there. But uh, like, I don't know. I, I took the improvement as encouraging, and I don't. I, I, again, it's just. Do you think it, the improvement it really, this week? Do you think the improvement goes from first half to a whole game this week? Yeah, yeah. especially the Jets. I mean, yeah, I think they have an oppor- They have a real opportunity to do that. So that's, I, I guess, that's what I'm looking for this week to see if they can. Okay, you've seen, you've shown that you are capable of making these kinds of plays. In their game because that was that was the step that they needed to take last week to show that they could make those plays. That's all we were talking about was can they make put together chunk plays? Can they stretch the ball downfield? Um, is that stuff possible? And now let's see if they can string together a whole game and a win from it. Okay, so I agree with that. I do expect improvement off of a 10-day break and against the Jets. It's a risk-reward factor. You, you're taking a risk that everything is going to be better. That's the reward. Okay, we finally found our offense. We, you know, we're going to roll from here. Or the other side of it is... Mitch Trubisky continues to show he's not capable of winning football games. The offense continues to struggle because that was the thing, like to your point of the first half and how it was encouraging. I think it was encouraging, which led me, which made me more discouraged about Mitch Trubisky because Mitch Trubisky was terrible. It wasn't like, Oh, this was a good game by Mitch. I mean, there were opportunities for the Steelers to win this football game and Mitch didn't make them, you know, the Deontay Johnson pass out of bounds where he's wide open on the sideline Terrible. Waiting until the third quarter to throw a pass over the middle to Pat Fryermuth, awful. You know, like they're just the, – the play at the end of the half, the end of the first half is – I get it. I get the design to throw a quick pass out of bounds. I don't get the fact that Mitch just said, okay, the play's over now and just ran out of bounds. Yeah. Like, you know, if you throw it to the end zone, you know, do something, try to make a play, you're, you're sitting at the 50-yard line. I just think that it was very encouraging, discouraging to say, oh, Mitch. I Because I defended Mitch a lot about, oh, hey, this is Matt Canada, to the point where, like, you know, I have, I have people ups, very upset with me. Mm-hmm. And now I'm at the point where I'm just like, okay, well, like I still think Matt Canada is the worst offensive coordinator in football, but Mitch Trubisky might be the worst starting quarterback in football and – that's a terrible. That's just the worst combination you possibly have. Worst yeah. combination, you have, possibly. Have. It's a risk reward factor. Yeah, but also you got it. So to your point, like, okay, by by the bye week, which is the logically, if you don't make if you don't make the change now, the bye week is probably the next time you could logically make that change and make it comfortably. But and and you said you know if you wait that long, you could be one and eight by the time the bye week comes around. But do you think you would? be any better with Kenny Pickett in there? Like, do you think Kenny Pickett is enough to transform this offense into something that it it's not? No, no. And I, it's a good point. No, I do not think that. I, historically speaking, rookie quarterbacks stink. And I have no higher expectations for Kenny Pickett. You put Kenny Pickett in there, everybody immediately is going to think, okay, this team's going to be better. They're going to be very upset when they realize that even the greatest quarterbacks of all time stink as a rookie 
The position is awful its first year in the league. I expect that for Kenny. But I look at it and say, what is the difference between letting Mitch Trubisky totally bomb week after week or letting Kenny go out there, get his rookie flaws out of the way, learn from him, and see what you got out of him? Because at that point, like you could look at stuff and say, okay, you know, Kenny's having a really rough season because all rookies are going to have really rough seasons as a quarterback. But he's doing this right, he's doing this right, he's doing this right. You know, we're, we're, we could develop all of these things. Or you look at him and go, wow, this guy is absolutely terrible. He's Josh Rosen. You have to you have to move on immediately. That's, you know, like you, you, I just look at it like what's the difference? What is, And I don't know what you're going to say to that, but in I my think head, the, you go with the, the rookie. I think the difference in sending him now is that he's got a face, like you said, the Bills, the uh, the Bucks. Who was that third team? The Eagles and who else? Miami. Miami. Yeah, he's going to get killed. Like those are really good defenses and those are really good front sevens. Like it's it's less my concern about him playing badly. It's him getting getting hit so hard that you know he gets hurt or you know how much how much are you going to be able to t- how many of those flaws those rookie flaws are you going to be able to pick out and how many of those are he going to is he going to be able to work through if the supporting cast is spectacular. If the offensive line can't block anyone, if there's no running game, if there's no downfield passing, if there's no passing over the middle, if he's not allowed to use his legs, like how, how much of that is going to – how much are you going to learn about Kenny Pickett through these next few weeks if there are so many other flaws in this offense? There are a lot of flaws in this offense, but the, the offensive line's impressing me, like very much so impressing me. I think that the running game gets going as the season gets going. You know, Najee's Najee's dealing with this stuff. Um, There's a comment up here that I I should address super quick, Um, you know, about Jalen Warren being a better fit with the O-line than Najee. I I don't agree with that. I think Jalen Warren is showing flashes, and I think that's another thing is Jalen Warren's showing flashes so he can contribute as well. Najee's going to get going at some point. You know, it's not – it's not Najee's fault that things aren't clicking for him. It's the, it's the offense as a whole. It's very easy to predict this offense. I like, I get it. I think Kenny Pickett's going to struggle. I think he's going to make a lot of mistakes, but that's kind of my thing is I don't expect him to take a bunch of sacks, but I do expect him to make a bunch of mistakes. I'm okay with the mistakes because the Steelers are going to stink either way. Might as well look at it and go, all right, well, let's just get, let's get that over with. Let's, let's go. Cause like, what are you going to do? What if next year the schedule is harder? Because we don't know. Next year, you could open up the season against the Bills, Philadelphia, Cincinnati, Baltimore, and then you're just like, "All right, Kenny, have fun. You are the answer." Everybody but you have a full, things. But you have a full off season and training camp and mini camp and all of that to get him ready for a full season, even if the schedule is that more difficult. And you have an off season to make some additions that help him. I again, I agree with that. I agree with that. But wouldn't you want? a second-year NFL-experienced guy to be walking into that situation instead of somebody that hasn't played yet that has to now – because because you could do everything you want in training camp in the preseason. It is nothing like playing a 17-game NFL season as a starting quarterback. That's a totally different ballgame. So wouldn't you want rather an experienced guy walking in there than somebody that's like, okay, well, I'm brand new to this. Let's figure out if we're good. Um. Well, I think you also got to remember that Kenny's 
he took some first team reps in training camp. But like, is he ready to do that this year? I don't know, but I and I I don't I personally don't believe so. Like, I don't think that if the Steelers had a better option at quarterback, Kenny would even be mentioned by me about being the starter. But I think right now you're just wasting time with Mitch. You're just you're just getting guy. Like, think about it. Deontay Johnson is upset. Chase Claypool is upset. George Pickens is super upset. Pat Fryermuth isn't happy. The offensive line's playing well for wasted time. The defense is exhausted. Exhausted. You're, they're just going to get worse. Like, the fact that Mitch Trubisky is in the game and Matt Canada, you know, this is not a, a, a Mitch Trubisky hate sesh. This is both of them combined, but you can't get rid of Matt Canada because Pittsburgh Steelers. I just I, – I think that there's so many other parts to this puzzle that are just taking such a blow – because of how bad the quarterback is. And like like the worst worst case scenario, Kenny gets a two first downs a drive. Think about how much that changes everything. If he could get two first downs a drive. The Steelers went one at 11 on third down on Thursday night. If he goes two for 11, that's an improvement. That's the – well, is that a guarantee that Kenny's going to be able to do that? No, but I mean, like, are you like, are you looking at Mitch and saying, okay, well, you know, I feel good enough about this one that, you know, like how hard could it be to get two first downs on third down? Apparently pretty hard. No, 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 no. For Mitch Trubisky, it's pretty hard. But what's your, where's your bar for Mitch? That's, that's a, like, that's where I think it starts. Where's your bar for Mitch? Is your bar for Mitch a winning quarterback or is your bar for Mitch keep Kenny off the field? I think my bar for Mitch is keep Kenny off the field. I like, I, I, I don't think it's, I don't see any rush with Kenny. I don't, I think, uh, you know, I don't, I don't understand why the Steelers need to make this change now and need to get him as many games. If they, if they thought they needed to get him as many games as possible to get him ready for next year, he would have started already. He would have, he would have been the starter week one, but that's not, that's not what they like. Guys can learn from the sideline. Guys can learn from practice. Guys can learn from just being around an NFL offense and being in the league, I don't think they need to throw Kenny into a situation that is not ideal for him and will, you know, I, I, I just, I, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not a subscriber to the belief that just throwing him out there is what's best for him and just letting him, letting him take his licks this early in his career and take the, this tough of a, of a, I don't know. Take over this tough of a situation. I don't think that's ideal for his development either. I so think you also like you threw out that name, Josh Rosen. Like he was thrown into pretty tough situations too, and it was it was kind of his undoing. Like he was, ne- I never felt like he was really given a particularly fair shot to to lead a team to lead a team that was actually trying to win. And you saw what that did to him. I agree with that. I I do. I very much so agree with that. And. You know, to this point here, like it will be a huge discouragement, especially because Steelers fans, I mean, I'm sure it's NFL fans in general, but we deal directly with the Steelers fans, are the harshest human beings on the planet. Like they jump to judgment in one throw. If you make one bad pass, your time is over. You are done. And I think that that will happen. There will be 90%, nah, I take that back, 60% of Steelers fans that after Kenny loses four games in a row are. Uh, already on the that what a wasted pick get him out of here blah 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 we need a new quarterback immediately immediately that's gonna hurt him I get that I just I look at this team and like we've talked time and time again that this team is built to win they're just not winning because of the two key components and what okay so what if what if Kenny 
goes in there. They continue to stink. Matt Canada gets fired. Are you okay with that? Mike Sullivan. Mike Sullivan's had two Super Bowl runs as offensive coordinator. The guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, I I guess. Um, I I don't. I don't think it. I don't. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I don't. Like, is there a their point? Like, what what are you what are you getting at with my? What I'm getting at is if Kenny Pickett starts. Okay, there's no more excuses for Matt Canada. This is now Matt Canada is the problem. Okay. If that leads to if they continue to stink, Matt Canada gets fired at the bye week. You're coming out of the bye. You still have, you know, maybe you win another game. Maybe you win another game. Do you do you look at this and say, okay, that's that's a better situation? Like, do you feel better about the situation if Kenny's got to play four rough games with a terrible offensive coordinator and then Mike Sullivan could come in here and actually possibly progress the offense with Kenny at quarterback? Because if Mitch is the starter, Matt Canada is not going anywhere. That's, you know, we both know that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I think anything that gets Matt Canada out of there is honestly a good, that's a good, that's a good move. Um, any, you know, that's a good, that's a positive development for this team. Um, I, I don't, yeah, I, I, I suppose if that's, if that's what happens, that's good. I'll take that. But I, I don't know if that needs to happen for, Mike Tomlin and the rest of the front office to see that Matt Canada is not fit for this role. Um, and I, I still don't, I still don't even think that would be the case if you throw Kenny in there and he performs poorly. I still think the kind of internalized Steelers culture of we don't fire coaches mid season would win out. I agree. Like, and I don't want to agree with that one because I think that at some point, like I've seen a lot of changes for the Steelers this season. I've seen a lot of mentality changes. And I would hope that sticks with one of them is the fact of just like, why are we, why why are we okay with being mediocre because we just want to force respect upon the league? Like I get that, but no, like that's not like, this is, this is a special instance. The Steelers have not had a coordinator this bad in our lifetime. Like they've had some weird ones, but my gosh, nobody's been as bad as Matt Canada. So, all right, so you're saying after the bye week, do you feel comfortable, like, even if the Steelers season's over, and who cares at that point, you're coming out of the bye week, Saints, Bengals, Colts, Falcons, Ravens, Panthers. Is it, Are you starting Kenny Pickett then? Or are you still looking at that, like, why throw him into the fire, wait until next year? Yeah, I think that's a completely different situation than, you know, like we said, Bills, uh, Bucks. Eagles and I keep forgetting that. Oh, Dolphins. Um, like, yeah, that's a completely different scenario. I would, yeah, that would make a lot more sense to me. You know, throw them in the second half of the season when there probably aren't as high of expectations as there are now. I'm sure expectations are relatively low compared to where people were or that where they were in last year's, but they'll probably be even lower in four weeks. So, yeah, I see no harm in throwing him in at that point. Um, Especially, yeah, especially if you're already at a point where you can get a decently high draft pick and stock some talent around him uh, for next year. Like, yeah, that that would be, I think, that's I think the moment where they should throw him in. If they're gonna, if they're gonna make a, if they're gonna make a quarterback change this year, that's probably where I would do it. I don't agree with that. I don't. I don't want to agree with that, but I see where you're coming from, and I agree with that stance. You know, like. My issue is just like, if it's me, if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, what I've learned in four years being inside this team every single day is they are always looking 
to win. And right now they are not a team that's looking to win. And that's just like, that just doesn't match the culture of what the Pittsburgh Steelers are. But when it comes to a development scheme and the whole nine, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Do you think there's division within the locker room? Um, I, I think the only division is between the players and the offensive coordinator. Like it's been, it's been made very clear that everybody has full confidence in Mitch Trubisky and nobody has full confidence in the play calls. Like that's, that's been very, that's been said by every single person. There hasn't been a player that's like, Oh yeah, we, you know, play callings there. It's just like, yeah, we need to do this more. We need to do this more. We need to do this more. Yeah. I'd say it made him even more united. It made the locker room even more united, you know, common enemy. Um, Yeah. 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 I, I think that's the, that's, that's the end I'll be on. So it's a tough decision. It's a tough decision. Come tomorrow, we'll have much more clarity. I think I would love if Matt can, if Mike Tomlin walks up there and he's like, yep, Kenny Pickett's going to start this week. I'd lose my mind, you know, if we're being mm-hmm. honest. Like, I would probably stand up and leave, jump right on for an emergency press conference on YouTube. Be like, yeah. what's up, guys? You know, I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. And uh, here we are. Mm-hmm. Here we, I feel real good about it. I feel real good about it. All right, let's get into – the rest of the week, some weird TikTok that I found. I do want to address this uh, from Carl way back at the beginning. I apologize. We're just getting to it now. Um, how's Calvin Austin doing? He He's eligible to return after week four. So after this week, I don't I don't know if, if he's going to that quickly. Um, he's been working a little bit. You know, I see him in the locker room. I talk to him. He's got high hopes. He seems, you know fine, happy all the time. He's a really happy dude though. Um, I don't have an injury update cause we're not allowed to, you know, talk to interview guys um, that are on IR. So all that has to be kept on the hush hush, but you know, from what I've seen, he's in high spirits and I feel like that's the first sign in a, in a good return here. So, all right, let's dive into the rest of the week. What we're expecting in a weird TikTok that features Ben Roethlisberger, but first, a shortened and condensed version word from our boys over at Vincero. Support for today's episodes come from Vincero Collective. If you aren't familiar with Vincero yet, they make exceptionally crafted and stylish watches at affordable prices. You could finally look like a baller without having to spend like one. But if you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you're going to win your fantasy league this year. Might as well look good all season instead of waiting for the championship to pay out. Not only are we going to help you win your league, but we're hooking up our listeners with the biggest discount Vincero offers. So if you're looking for the perfect accessory to help elevate your style this season, for a limited time only, get 20% off plus free shipping with our exclusive code STEALERS at www.vincerocollective.com. There are three words that come to mind when I think of their products, stylish, quality, and versatility. Vincero designs everything in-house, sources their own materials, and produces in small batches. They are committed to doing things well or not at all. For all the boss men and women out there, their watches are a must. They can elevate your look with the twist of the wrist. Made with stainless steel, durable silicone, and Italian marble straps, these sleek modern watches come with the traditionally automatic and Japanese quartz movements. And their sunglasses come polarized with handcrafted front flames frames, excuse me, and so many styles to choose from. The eye-catching and modern designs go without any outfit with any outfit or trend, perfect for a day in the office or a date night out. This is the perfect gift 
or yourself or someone you love. But you don't need to take my word for it. With over 30,000 five-star reviews, features in Forbes, Business Insider, and Newsweek, just to name a few, Vincero offers you a shopping experience you can trust. And if you need time to return or swap, no problem. They can only offer this big of a discount for a limited time, so don't wait or it'll be too late. Get 20% off plus free shipping site-wide with the code STEALERS at www.vincerocollective.com. Support our show and use our code STEALERS at V-I-N-C-E-R-O collective.com. To be a winner, you have to dress the part. And that's where Vincero Collective steps in. I don't know if you heard the original one, but it was a million minutes long. That was a much condensed version. Felt real good about that one. Um, yeah, feel feel real. Uh, Is this who you got you that uh, that bracelet from? Yeah, that watch? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. So nice. Wore it to a wedding. Couple weeks ago, and everybody's like, "Dude, where'd you get that watch?" I felt like such—I I felt like such a baller for being honest. I was like, "Ah, oh, sponsor sent it to me." I was very excited about it. They're pretty cool. They're like, "Oh my god, it's gorgeous!" Like, yeah, yeah. thanks. I actually took it to—I had to get some of the straps removed, and uh-huh. I took it to like a jeweler, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, this is an incredible watch!" And I was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, thanks." They're like, "Where'd you get it?" Oh, I didn't even notice. Oh, yeah. I didn't even... <laughs> no, I had no idea. Thank you, thank you mm-hmm. very much. I was really nervous. They were gonna be like, "Oh, this sucks." But now they're pretty impressed. So uh, it's pretty uh, pretty excited about it. All right, let's answer this question real quick, then jump into what we're looking for the rest of the week. Um, when is Najee going to get going? He never got going last season. There's a lot of hate on Najee Harris. Are you concerned about Najee Harris? Are you not concerned about Najee Harris? You know, you could look at last season. He still rushed for 1,200 yards behind the worst offensive line in the league. You know, that's really tough to do. I don't blame last season on him, but are you nervous about him being unproductive for two weeks, three weeks? Um, no, no, I wouldn't say so. Um, partially because of what he did last year. I know that's hard to do, but the fact that he did it at all, like, I don't think he's going to rush for 1200 yards again. I mean, he's off pace to do that again this year, but, um, no, I'm, I'm not particularly concerned about it. I think he'll be just fine. Um, I think especially if, uh, the kind of passing offense can find some semblance of a rhythm and which I think they did. I think they're, they're getting there. Um, I think they, they showed a little bit more last week, Um, but this is, I I think he'll be just fine. I, 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 Najee is the least of my concerns um, in this, in this whole conversation about the offense. Agreed. Very much so agreed. I think if you get the passing game going, you could run the football way better. I think if you stop trying to run ridiculous run schemes, I also think that if you stop trying to run zone runs with Najee Harris, this offense works a lot better. Matt Canada has this issue where he designs offenses based on what Matt Canada wants to do and not what his players are capable of doing. It seems to bite him in the butt quite a bit. It is now bitten Najee Harris in the butt because, you know, on top of the fact that Najee's playing with two foot injuries, which is the worst thing you could possibly do as a running back, he yeah. now is playing – with two foot injuries, which seemingly less like immediately makes it less capable, less you're less ready, you're less able to cut off of your either foot, and you're playing a zone offensive run scheme, which means that you're always looking for holes, and most of the time you got to make a quick decision and a cut. And I'm not saying that he has the best vision. What I'm saying is that. I, I just I don't think that the running scheme is built to put him in the best decision. So uh, I'm I mean, and you see the same with Jalen Warren when he's running. J, when Jalen Warren's running up the gut, nothing's happening, and that's because 
the running schemes are not designed to work. So I'm going to put that one on Matt Cannon as well. Seems like that's the easy answer here. Um, but he does need to get it going. The offense does need to get the running game going. Easy. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving forward into this week. Pittsburgh Steelers, they got seven days, six days until the, they host the New York Jets. Um, you had 10 days to figure everything out. You're coming off back-to-back losses, three really sloppy weeks of football. Do you expect any change with the Pittsburgh Steelers this week? Scheme-wise, offensive success-wise, defensive success-wise, do you expect anything to be different against the Jets? Well, the one thing I am looking at is how they try to create pressure on, I guess it's Joe Flacco still. Um, Oh, it could be Zach Wilson. I saw that this morning, actually. Oh, really? It could start this week, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Either either way, I am interested to see how they – because, you know, after that that great first week in Cincinnati, um, pass rush has not been what you'd want it to be and what you, quite frankly, need it to be. Um, so I hope – you know, I'm looking forward to Terrell Austin, Brian Flores, uh, Mike Tomlin, that kind of defensive brain trust to get a little bit more creative, um, try to find ways to get Alex Highsmith loose again, try to counteract um, what – teams are guess gonna do to them now um which is try to get the ball out quick um that's what jacoby Brissett did i mean that's just who jacoby Brissett is as a player but um that um that just seems like a good good strategy against this this defense um so yeah i'm interested to see how they try to create some pressure um that's i think how I, i think that was one of the big reasons that you know, guys were in the secondary, were giving up a lot of big plays against the Browns. Um, it wasn't necessarily because they were in poor coverage, but um, just because there was a lack of pressure, they were kind of getting hung out to dry a little bit. Um, so I'm interested to see how how they try to do that. I think the front seven is one of the strengths of, of this team. So uh, particularly on the defense, on the defense, that's already pretty strong. So um, I would, I'm interested to see how they how they try to do that. Yeah, I, I would like to see the defense bounce back. I, I, I agree with that one. I think Alex Highsmith is playing well. Malik Reed needs to get a little bit more involved. Mm-hmm. I think the offense, the defense as a whole is exhausted. So I would like to see what a break does. Like that 10 days, you could come back strong. So mm-hmm. I would like to see them step that back up. And I think you could win if the defense is playing at 100%. My thing is I would like to see the Steelers use the middle of the field more, and I've been pounding this table for two weeks. I think if they open up the middle of the field – this offense could actually find a rhythm. Pat Fryermuth is being just underutilized. Got to get him involved. You got to get Chase Claypool involved as a slot guy in the middle of the field. I just think that that's an area that the offense needs to adjust. Um, I would also like to see the cornerbacks stay more consistent. You know, Akella Witherspoon got burnt all night long by Amari Cooper. Not sure what his availability is going to be this week. Yeah. Would like to see Cam Sutton step up. Would like to see Levi Wallace step up. Minka maybe come up with another interception. Um, just just like to see – I would like to see the secondary stop a young and and very, very fast Jets offense. So yeah. um, would like to see that. Uh, what realistic changes can we expect with the offense for Sunday? Can you expect – it's hard to get into every detail, but can you expect a complete overhaul? Can you expect the problems to be solved schematically in ten with the ten day break? Um, probably not. I mean, I don't know. Like, if you're not able to make them in, I guess last week was a short week, but we do the schematic problems for three weeks or for two weeks, and they weren't 
they weren't changed. Um, so I don't think you can expect that. I, I think you can expect them to use the middle of the field a little bit more, like you were saying. Um, like the fact that Pat Frymuth like really didn't get targeted until the fourth quarter, yeah. right? And so like, and, and his and his only two catches went for twenty yards immediately. Like it wasn't there was no, you know, dink and dunk. You know, get five yards, get him warmed up. It was straight to big plays, big explosive plays. Um. And 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 that also that comes after like the Cincinnati game. Uh, I remember that very specifically, and not as much in the Patriots game. But when Mitch needed a play, when he needed uh, when he needed to get a first down or get some yards, like Pat was one of the first guys that he looked to. And it was Pat over the middle too. It was Pat, you know, kind of running up the seam. So that's why I was really shocked to not see it used as much um, right up until the very end of the Browns game. So I think that's a reasonable thing to expect, but I don't uh, complete overall seems like a lot to ask of this team. Yeah. I, I would say that you're going to see bits and pieces of change and you're going to see some things improve. I don't, I don't expect like a complete game of a better offense. I think that's really hard to expect from this team at this point. I would say with the home atmosphere, Mitch knowing that like he's got to do something now. Uh, Matt, I don't have any faith Matt Canada believes that, but uh, I think that I think that you're you're possibly going to see Mitch make some plays that that you wouldn't see last week. But it's really hard. Like it's really hard to look at this and say things are going to change because you they should. Like your expect expectations should should say, yeah, you have ten days, you're going to make the adjustments. But history has shown us with this team with Matt Canada that that's just not going to happen. And chances are they're going to roll out here and have the same excuses. And, you know, Thursday is going to come around. I'm going to talk to Matt Canada and it's going to be the same exact press conference that I've had for two years. And right. That's just, that's just what it is. Um, have I heard of any player only meetings going on? I have not actually, and maybe I will today where, you know, I'll be in the locker room in a couple of hours. That's, that's a good question to ask. You know, I, I, I appreciate that, that, uh, the little bit. So I, I, uh, I will, I will hopefully have an update tomorrow. But um, as of now, no, no. Um, who isn't catching? Oh, this is a reply to a comment. Appreciate you guys. All right, let's end the show here with a little bang. Um, so last night I was scrolling through TikTok, and I, I came across this TikTok, and it, it's weird. It's weird for a number number of reasons. Um, you know, I'm going to show you guys all the reasons, but it's um, it's it's just it's just weird. I feel like we should. Uh, we should just show it. So this is uh, me cutting off Clay Matthews' head here. This is Torps, and then we're cutting these uh, Packer linemen's necks with the abs. And we got this one is Skullless Crush there. This is me in face bait with Aaron Rodgers' head on a spear. It looks like Aaron Rodgers. It does do it. He looks worried. Yeah, his mustache and shit. So then we go back here. This is one of my first ex-wife. Then if you go around to this arm here, we got the flames. I'm fighting a lion here, stabbing a lion. We got this lion's head cut off with the spine dripping blood like Mortal Kombat. There's my daughter with the little baby lion's head in it. We got a dragon that's ripping through the skin here, setting the whole arm on fire. And then we got my family here. This is my brother. We got like a Viking zombie in the flames there. We got the Viking logo. And then we got a Valkyrie with a dragon. And my daughter is feeding a bear's head to the dragon. And we got uh, Drew Brees full of arrows. We got E. 
Eli Manning and Ben Roethlisberger. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Mute us here. So um yeah. What a what an interesting, interesting person. Um I'm glad he included his family, first of all. It's nice yeah. that they got a shout out amongst all the dead NFL stars. <laughs> um that was really nice. Was very nice. The it was good combination of, you know, kind of Viking mythology and with the, it was on theme. Um so Agreed. point point is extremely disturbing. Um, disturbing. I don't. I don't want to meet this guy. I don't want to meet this guy at all. Um, no, it was my first thought was like, okay, this is creepy, man. Like you have a bunch of dead football players on your on your your body. Then I said, then I was looking like, oh, okay, like it's yeah, you know, like your ex wife. Like you probably got this early. I get it. Then like it was like a ra- the random like the daughter feeding the bear head to the dragon is super weird. But right. I think what's even more weird is like the nice picture of his family wearing Vikings jerseys, just like standing at a river. And you're just and like, it's, and it's right next to the dead NFL. It's right next to yeah, the yeah. random, the completely random assortment of, okay, mm-hmm. you're killing Clay Matthews and Aaron Rodgers. That's weird, but it yeah. makes sense. But like, why, 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 where does Ben Roethlisberger, what did Ben Roethlisberger do to the Vikings? What, I don't did know. Drew, what did Drew Brees do to the Vikings? If anything, the Vikings like ripped Drew Brees' heart out with that Minneapolis miracle or whatever. Like that, that's what I'm saying. There's the the Drew Brees thing, like, and I could even get that like an NFC guy, Eli Manning, an NFC guy. But you like the leap and the the choices that you've had and the AFC. Like you could have went Tom Brady, you right? Could have went Peyton Manning. Like Tom Brady at least makes sense. He came over to the NFC, but even if it was beforehand. Like how bad did you hate? Ben Roethlisberger to say, yep, we're going to get that guy. Like Joe Flacco, the, there has been so many. And, like, you could stay within the division and find like, Matthew Stafford, Brett Favre. There's been Hall of Fame-worthy quarterbacks that have played in the NFC North. And he was just like, yep, Ben Roethlisberger. That's the one. Yeah, it was really weird. Really, like, really really weird and i think the worst part about it is the viking well the viking symbol is real dumb but i get it but the like zombie viking thing right that was the worst part of that tattoo yeah 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 so that was uh that was my tiktok of the day felt good found it think like i found that three minutes before i went to bed didn't sleep well all night long wonder why it's one of those things that makes you feel better about your choices Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. I have like really like these. These I regret every single day. Terrible decision. I was young. Um, that makes me feel really good about my tattoo choices. Really, really good about my tattoo choices. Yeah. So you know, hope everybody has a good day after that one. Hope everybody has a great day. All right, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash All Steelers Talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcasts. And as always, go use our promo code at BenchoCollective.com for 20% off plus free shipping. I will be back tomorrow with the live stream stream after Mike Tomlin's press conference. Me and Stephen will be back on Wednesday. Enjoy the rest of your day. Peace.